Hello there in podcast land, and welcome back to Spoilers, your bad movie review show on the Rat Pack Podcast Network, where you always have lots of opinions but zero credentials. Each week we watch a movie, usually a bad one, give your insight on the film, crack a little jokes, and we play a couple games at the end. I'm Adam, your host for today. I'm also joined by the maestro. <laughs> and we got Cowboy as well. You know, they say 60% of the time you're right all of the time. But in this case, the phrase 90% of the time, the movie that Maestro is going to pick is going to make me put my head in my hands 100% of the time <laughs> comes into play. <laughs> well, this week, it is Maestro's birthday pick. Yay! Everybody gets one of these uh, once a year when, on their birthdays. And it is a carte blanche to pick anything you want for any reason you want. Unlike the thankful series where you have to be thankful for, this is just whatever, why ever, doesn't matter. I'm hoping to get an explanation, uh, and we'll get to that. But this is from 2005, Kill Zone, also known as Sat Polong. Is that right? Yeah. All right. Well, that's it. Sat. It's, it's, it's pronounced like Xia. Or like, well, don't, worry, don't worry about it. S-A-A-T. I know, right? Don't worry All about right. it. Just, okay. just. All right. Uh, this is directed by Wilson Yip. It stars Donnie Yen, Simon Yam, Samo Kam Bo Hung, Jing Wu, and Kai Chi Lu. Yep. Here's a synopsis, and then we'll get into the thoughts. A near-retired inspector and his unit are willing to put down a crime boss at all costs while dealing with his replacement, who's getting in their way. Meanwhile, the crime boss sends his, tr- his top henchmen to put an end to their dirty schemes. Cowboy. Have you seen this movie before? No, never even heard of it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All right. I also had never heard of this. I have heard of uh, Donnie Yen. And, yes. Uh, there was, well, we'll get into that review stuff later. Maestro, this was your pick. Yeah. I hope to God mm-hmm. you have seen it before. Uh, so please give us a little rundown why you chose this. Okay. So just to make sure, um, there are other movies that are called Kill Zone. There are a couple TV shows called Kill Zone. Yes. Um, just make sure you uh, look it up to make sure what year it is and everything, if you guys are going to watch it too. But this movie comes from uh, a Hong Kong with a bunch of big-time martial arts uh, names. Donnie Yen, Samuel Hong, which has been in since the 70s, like just he was the partner with Jackie Chan to win for most of his older movies, and Jing Wu, which is the upcoming rising star in martial arts. Um, basically, it's the full spectrum when it comes to martial arts. It has all types of uh, fighting, did not just like stand up fighting, also some groundwork. Uh, in, in one fight scene, I swore I saw a wrestling move. The guy gave him a suplex. Yes, <laughs> yes, this is. They're, what they're doing in this film was the reason why I liked it so much is because it wasn't just your typical, like, I'm going to fight and I'm going to break you while you're standing kind of stuff. It's dirty. It's gritty. It's got Samuel Hong, which is a, a not shy of maybe like 200-something pounds, but he moves faster than most kids I see these days. Um, the story itself is your typical, like, Hong Kong type of detective film where you see like a renegade uh, uh, detective on the edge just trying to get... It's, it's basically like those old like gumshoe kind of films, but with a lot more fighting. And 
I enjoyed this a lot because of first things first, Jingwu, this is my introduction to Jingwu, who is the main henchman, the one with the weird hair and the and the knife. Yes. Just so you guys know. Jack. And, yes, that's what they call him. And um, Donnie Yen, I think in this film, what, when he what got me interested in this film specifically, is like within the first, oh, it's like 15 minutes, the guy walks up to a guy on the street that he knows is a, a, a bona fide like a, a thug or a crime syndicate boss or something like that, and he decks him across the the the, ta- the a car, and he just like just foams at the mouth because he's just like yeah. KO'd. Oh, that's so good. Is that so, even possible in, in real life to hit somebody so hard that they start foaming at the mouth? Yeah. I don't know how that would – what would cause that? The, Acid reflux? Well, no. No, no. Uh, fo- the knockout itself is what causes the foaming. I mean you can do that from just any position. It's just uh, most of the time when you see it on like let's say MMA fights or something like that, it's uh, – it's it's they just show you – they show the knockout. And then they, it's it's not as like colorful as what they did in the film, of course, because that well, they probably put some alka seltzer in the guy's mouth. Yeah. But um, but yeah, there is there are times when people can film at the mouth, but it just doesn't look as pretty as it does in the film. That's all. Mm. Yeah, pretty is one of the words I would describe that. Uh, well, I mean, form. like colorful. Let's say colorful. <laughs> okay. Let's say colorful. I I would have to say um, I like the fight scenes. Yeah. That's. The only thing I liked about it. <laughs> very, very interesting, very energetic, very cool to watch. Um, I have lots of questions. Um, I, I'm, I'm redneck, the token redneck on this show. And the fact that I had to read while watching this movie, I, I missed parts of the movie because I was too busy reading. And mm. Yes. My my biggest my biggest complaint has to be they they would say something uh you know not 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 to be prejudiced or anything but and it would be like this long ass sentence and, mm. and then the sentence would go away and I'm like wait I didn't even get to read all of it. What the heck? Yeah. You know like this other guy so, is talking it's like it was so hard. So the way the the well, I would say the Chinese uh, characters work, or the, at least the, the the phonetics behind it is. Um, usually, um, one character or the one, one of those things you see where they say like one vowel or show or ha or whatever is an entire word. So you and if you say and and a lot of times they even use it in a, in as a slang as well. So three actual words could mean like seven. If it's a slang for Seven. just definition, for like like let's say a definition, like if you were to say, um, "lol," well, I mean, yeah, laughing LOL. Out loud. <laughs> yeah, laughing out loud. That's how expanded it is, right? Yeah. Now it's the same premise. The only difference is that you actually use the phonetics for different words that are slang for the term that is actually meaning. That's because they don't have the ability to do "lol" in their language. So it's a translation so, thing, exactly. They're, they're slang. Uh, or you son of a bitch is <laughs> it's like a character, right? You know, that means son of a bitch translated into English. Within reason. Yes. That's something that I kind of, I was trying not to give it a hard time because I did feel like it had to have been a translation thing. Yeah. The, uh, the way that they spoke, 
it it the script wasn't very good. It, like the, the the things that they were saying was kind of it seemed odd. Like eh, that's a weird way to respond. But uh, but I'm assuming it's because it's a translation thing. I'm sure like in Almost the same way yeah. that if you say something in Spanish and then you try to translate it in English, it's like it doesn't have the same kick. Yeah. No, I get it. I mean, like, you know how you want to watch those films and you just, the way they deliver the lines, the way that it's timed perfectly in Chinese or any other cultural films, if you look at them, their timings are different because their cultures are different. Their meanings behind it are different. So <laughs> that same type of like, oh, it was perfect way he said it. It's very difficult to come by when you're looking at outside, like basically fishbowlish, you know. Yeah, you're looking at yeah. So it's difficult to catch that part. Um, I I've been watching films like this since I was in my uh, in grade school. So for me, this is run of the mill. I I understand this. So at least, so, at least the the cadences of the film. So would you be able to watch without subtitles on at all and be able to understand the movie completely? It depends. If it's in Cantonese, no. Okay. Which which I'm not sure if you guys watched it in Cantonese or not. I, I, I don't know what language you were speaking. I just read the subtitles. I, I, I watched <laughs> it in subtitles. Yeah, <laughs> I had no idea what they were speaking. It was not in English at all. It was, yeah. uh, it was either Cantonese or Mandarin or I don't know. Yeah. Well, if, well the, that, if you know the differences, it's very – you can pick up some words if you're paying attention. But having um, – Having if you have no idea about what Cantonese sound, sounds like, it's very difficult, very very difficult. Yeah, because it's something that I've experienced a lot lately. Is when we're watching shows that uh, they have some parts that are in Spanish, and I understand the Spanish perfectly, and then I read the subtitles because Andy loves subtitles because she hates mm-hmm. me. Uh, mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I read it and I'm like that's not exactly what they said. That's kind of what they said, but it's not exactly. So exactly. I'm assuming that's kind of the same thing that's happening here. Exactly. That's exactly what's happening. But then also if they're like speaking Brazilian or or, or some other kind of uh, South American language, I, I know enough of it from Spanish that I can kind of pick up, all right, this is what they're going for. So I, I, it's, That's exactly what exactly the same thing. Okay. Um, cool. because, so it's uh, sort of like when I'm watching Western movies <laughs> and they're talking Western twang and slang and stuff like that, I, I can understand pretty much what they're – yeah. So when someone says I'm Got gonna it. go to the water closet, <laughs> yeah, water closet, you know, means bathroom, that kind of thing. Yeah, sure. <laughs> okay. Water closet. Yeah, that's what they call bathroom. Back in the let's, day. Let's, let's go to the beginning of the movie. <laughs> I, I do have a gripe, uh, not to do with the movie so much. Uh, I was not informed that I would have to read this movie. I, I was, that had everything to do with this movie. What are you talking about? A gripe had everything to do with this movie? No, because I, I was planning on putting this movie on in the garage while I was getting uh, doing some cleaning up around here. But I had to be glued to the screen to read the entire goddamn movie, so I couldn't do anything else. <laughs> he, he did that on purpose to force us to actually watch the movie and pay attention. Because he, he knows if he would have picked a movie that was dubbed in English – Five Deadly Sins. Uh, we, we <laughs> Venoms. Sorry, Venoms. Five Deadly Venoms. We probably wouldn't have watched. Well, we wouldn't have had a choice. I just, I just would have been uh, more prepared, I think, uh, to sit and read than, than anything else. My first gripe came My first gripe came in the first meh, five minutes of the movie, that car crash. Where the, the tires go basically flying off the car. Go, yeah. 
Oh. I've seen horrendous car crashes. <laughs> Pretty bad car crashes. Just that bad. And the tires don't go flying and rolling down the interstate. And the other thing is, is you see that scene again shortly after where yeah. the hitman hit comes up and cuts the guy in the back of the neck. You, yeah. you find out. Um, and in that reenactment of the same scene, there's other cars around. So this horrendous accident happened and you're telling me wherever this movie was filmed, nobody stopped to see if any, everybody was okay. Cause here, like in the United States, you would have people stop, call nine one one, see if, if everybody's okay. Yeah. Because I've had accidents like this happen right in front of me where somebody uh-huh. died and their car got split in two. And we're Everyone talking 10, 10, 15 cars stopped and ran every direction to see there was like four cars involved and yeah. one car split in half and everybody was going to a different car to make sure everybody was okay. Yeah. That's a cultural thing, uh, cowboy. Uh, in other cultures, if there's something that happens, someone actually dies on the street. Most of the t- some of the cultures, they'll just drive right past it like it doesn't exist. Yeah, I was going to say from from my uh, short time in in China and in Hong Kong that I I don't think that people would have stopped. It would have been more like a, get out of the way, you asshole! Why you you're causing more traffic than we already have? You, it's, it's not. Are you okay? It's more like you're you're ruining my day. That's 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 the that's the way I took it anyway. From again, my short stint there. Yeah. Got it. And here in America, so, I think that ninety percent of the people pulling over are more to take pictures and put on their Instagram, not out of actual now, concern. Now, <laughs> nowadays, nowadays, but I mean, I, I'm talking about an accident that I wasn't involved in, but it literally happened three cars in front of me on the 15 on the way out to Vegas. You know, and the car completely went through. It was coming towards California, pretty close to Zizix Road. And I don't know what happened, but the guy may have fallen asleep, blew a tire, but he went through the center divider, which is just all open dirt, probably about 30 yards. And it dips down and he came out the other side airborne, hit three cars in the air. His car split in half, front half, back half, you know, half of his car landed in the front or in the center median. The other half landed in the back, uh, the, the right side of the road and four other, three other cars were involved. And so many people stopped and to see if everybody was okay. And, and I was, I stopped, I was one that stopped and it was, it was, we were going to Vegas for a bowling tournament, the end of the league bowling tournament. You oh, know? you stopped on the way and to that? What's that? You stopped on the way to that? Well, yeah, the bowling tournament wasn't until Saturday morning. Oh, and okay. this, this was Friday, early, maybe 11 ish. And there's a bunch of other people on my bowling league that were going to Vegas and they saw my truck on the side of the road and they saw an ambulance there and they saw all the stuff. So they were like calling my phone and my sister's phone and stuff to see if we were okay because they saw my truck on the side of the road. Hmm. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. All right. Let's see. uh, My first note happens a little bit after that. Uh, This is when Donnie Yen uh, is first, I guess it's the day before or maybe two days before he's going to take over as is this a detective or lead something or rather. I don't, I don't know what he's taking uh, over. I think it's uh let's just go with lead. That makes it easier. Yeah. And, and they go to this part of town and 
like, all right, uh, since you're starting soon, you should know that this is the big guy, uh, literally and figuratively. This, this, this big guy, he owns everything after midnight. And there's a little bit of a ruckus. Some older cop comes over to try to stop things. And I, I, would, I feel like I'm being generous when saying there were at least 100 people. They were just kind of there gathered around this it could have been up to 200 i don't know that was that was you're, you're, you're talking about of, you're talking about the scene where the guy threw a bottle yes okay there Got was are, are those all gang members are they all part of uh this uh the big man was uh wong uh wong pao wong po yeah yeah yeah, yeah. po yeah are these, um, these all gang members or they're just hoodlums um it's it it ranges because the way it's set up there is well, I'm not sure. This is not. I don't think this is considered the triad or anything like that. But um, this is the way because, like in Hong Kong, you can't carry guns. Okay, oh, it is okay. the. It's the, I don't even know even if the police the police can carry guns, but I don't think the rest of the populace can. So a lot of times you see uh, the if the power of certain gang members are based upon how many people you have with you with weapons, uh, whether it be. Uh, swords or whatever knives or kitchen knives, whatever you can find, you know? And um, this is not the first time I've seen it in a film. This is probably like the 1300th time it's happened. That See, my, take, my take on it was the, the, the cops, the street cops, like the old guy in the brown uniform, the street cop, yeah. Yeah. Didn't, didn't have a gun, but the inspector and his, his, his guys right below him, part of the yes. same team, they had guns. Yes. Mm-hmm. But this was one uh, older cop, and then the two basically detective guys, the the, the two main guys, the uh, uh, Chan Chung and uh, Mike Kwan. Point. What? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Huh? The, yeah. The the, the yeah. lead detective and 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 then uh, Donnie Yen, the yeah. new guy coming in. Right. Yeah. They come up. The, the whole crowd is just kind of fuck you to this old guy. And yeah. and then these two guys come up in a suit, and now they're listening to them. Like the, the, the old cop says, "Hey, everybody, calm down." And there's like, "No, blah, they just kind of surround him." And then these two guys in suits walk up. Everybody, back off! Stop! And then they, they all stop, and now they're listening. Yeah. So if if the whole point is our numbers are supposed to intimidate you, yeah, two guys show up, and now we're like, okay, nope, nope. There's there's another well, three of them. We're out. The inspectors no, had guns. Yeah, but there's still 200 of those guys. They can't shoot us all. True. They, that, but that's not how they're working. They're working on based upon uh, intimidation based upon size, but not their their loyalties don't go that don't delve that deep. So, you because you know how like some gangs are, um you get into the gang because it helps you survive. Mhm. So now, you got a gun pointed at your face. Do you still think that you're going to do what the gang members say still? No. If you just yeah, there well, you go. Well, not only that, but I I I I took it. I I, th- I had the same thoughts that you had, Adam. But I also thought a little harder about it. Like these guys were kind of just <laughs> fucking with the uh, the the beat cop. Oh, okay. They we're fucking with the old beat cop, and then all of a sudden, these two inspectors come out that have guns, and they're pointing them at him. They're like, "All right, shit's got real. We were just having fun, blah blah blah, you know, and whatnot." But then the the outgoing inspector made the guy take off his shoes and socks and back up and step on the glass. And they were like, what the fuck? You know, you see the look in their face. Like, what the fuck? We were just fucking around. Like, you're going a little <laughs> too far. You're taking this too far. And then 
Fat Boy Slim comes out um, <laughs> with a bottle clanking up a, a railing, you know, and you know, that's when these guys all started getting tough. But I had the same thought as you. It's like the Fat Boy Slim comes out, Wong Po comes out. Why, why didn't you just say, fuck him up? You know, there's 200 guys. I kill him, right? Right. But then I had the thought he probably doesn't want that kind of heat on his place right there. But if you have that many numbers, you kill those guys, uh, get rid of the bodies. Who's going to know? Yeah. I guess what comes down to it is uh, when you you can kill a beat cop and no one will bat an eye. You kill an inspector with a name behind it. You got a SWAT team coming next time. That's assuming that it's known that you killed them. If if, if the bodies just disappear. If the bodies just disappear, there's people that will look into it. It's just, it's not like um I, I guess I guess there is a, a pecking order that's involved with this when it comes to importance that supersedes gang and uh civilian life. So basically um a magistrate of a place, if he goes missing, there are people that are gonna go searching and they're not the kind of people that will be nice about it. They will they will maim um, whoever it, just to get what they want. It's not the, it's not the, in this film at least, because a lot of films are like this, for, that uh, the bad guys and the good guys both are dirty in that sense. Okay. They're, they're willing, they, they will kill, they will hurt, they will do a bunch of bad, bad shit um, just because they're the ones that feel they are right and they have the right to do it. Okay. So it's not, it's not, it's, there's no guideline. There, there's no rules basically. in it, when it comes to this kind of stuff, there's just guidelines and then there's understanding. That's pretty much how it rolls. And it, I know this isn't real, but <laughs> in, this is something that's been happening in most of the films I've seen where they have this type of like analogy for uh, ranking and with mob members versus police officers, it's not uncommon, at least in film. Okay. I don't, I can't tell you whether or not that's how it really runs, but here, just give a little bit information in Hong Kong along, like in the eighties, there was a section that was completely uh, run over, taken over by mobs and gangs. That's where I stayed. (laughs) Where the police wouldn't even go. When I was in Hong Kong, that's where I stayed in that area. Uh, and I know that because my boss was saying, that's where you're staying? That's, <laughs> that's not a good area, man. And, but it was fine. Maybe it wasn't yeah. at one point, but when I was there, I yeah. had no problems. Yeah, exactly. Because that, that happened, that was in the 80s when that was like that. So that was like 40 years ago. Okay. Well, understandable. But like I'm just saying is that kind of premise where you see lawlessness being so abundant and the police not having the ability to do anything about it yeah. is pretty much how this thing runs. I mean, like they're just saying, this is, this is Calhoun, Calhoun, Calhoun whatever you call it. I forget. The, Detroit. Sure. No, that was not that bad. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But you know, but you see what I'm getting at. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's talk about the, uh, the cops, the, the task force. Yeah. These guys come across as, Mostly dicks to me. Yeah, they all are dicks. Yeah, the, the only one that is less dicky is the the long haired guy that has a daughter. Yeah, and 
it just it doesn't it doesn't fit. It, uh, I don't I don't get the vibe because it okay. seems like they're they're trying to be good cops, but they're also just like, well, fuck it, we'll be dirty as fuck too. I'll it, tell you the vibe that I didn't get. I didn't get that they were badasses. No, they're not that too. But they they got in that fight with the new inspector coming in. Yeah, you know when when they made that guy jump. "Quote unquote," jump off the building, right? Yeah, um, and they they put up a hell of a fight, but they didn't look like they could even put up that much of a fight. True. Well, against Donnie Yen, who can? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Donnie Yen was put into the task force probably because of his demeanor towards bad guys. Because these all these other cops have a vendetta for Poe. They want him dead, and they're willing to supersede the law to get it. So they're they're no longer abiding by the law. They're now their own militia of their own doing. I mean, okay. yeah, they're hiding under the guise of being cops, but they're not. They're not doing what cops are doing. I, ha- I had I had the impression that the inspector general, um, the big boss of a guy, you've seen him a few times in the movie, um, kind of had a feeling that this group of inspectors was yeah. acting like that. Like yeah. constantly having a hard on for Wong Po, like trying to, yeah, to set him up and everything. And uh, <laughs> he, because he, he, I think in, in one scene he kind of mentioned that I finally got my proof that you were setting him up. Yeah, yeah. But he doesn't realize that he is a bad guy. Wong no, it's, no, because like you know how like cause, okay, for instance, you know that cop and the, the little old man brown cop. Yeah, yeah, in the brown suit, not the brown. Yeah. Uh, um, he he's doing what he's supposed to be doing, right? Right. Yeah. The the inspector general is doing what he's supposed to be doing. Uh, basically, he's trying to make sure that he's basically trying to be the HR. But he also, <laughs> but the problem is, is that this this group is just so off the rails that they, he can't control them anymore, and he has no way of doing so unless he catches them in the act. Because right now they got their hands in so many pots right now to keep them on the up and up that he has to literally find them blatantly disregarding the rules in order to put them in uh, at least away. Can can he you need, he need he needs proof against them like they need proof against Wang Po? Exactly. Okay. Can you explain to me the reason they're at the beach? What it's just the re- that was weird, right? It, it, it's it was so like wh- why are we here? What is the point of this? That in itself, I have no idea. I think the reason why is because they have the ocean face on one side, so no one can shoot them in the back. So I think that's what they're doing. But other than that, I have no reason for that. But they're the, they're all facing the ocean and looking out at the ocean. <laughs> I know. My, my 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 take on it was it was like hey. We need a pristine, surreal, you know, calming shot for this scene. And, mm-hmm. Oh, ocean. Hey, it's, yeah. you know, let's put an ocean. It had nothing to do, but, yeah. You know. I think exactly. my, my biggest complaint about the movie is that I don't think it decided what kind of movie it wanted to be or what the message was supposed to be throughout the entire thing. Mm-hmm. It, it yep. kept jumping back and forth between uh, – 
family being important, uh, and then the law is important, and then by any means is important. And these guys are tough, and then they're not tough. It, it was there was there was no fluidity between anything that was happening. Even even the yeah. camera shots were were kind of weird. Uh, sometimes it yeah. faded out. Sometimes it was slow motion for no apparent reason. Uh, yeah. there, there was panning also for no for no reason. The uh-huh. freeze frames then fade out. It's like, like, what? There's there's so many different things happening that it's. Yeah. What am I supposed to take away from this? Exactly. That's why I feel like um, it's very difficult because um, if you look at a lot of films uh, coming out of different cults, different like places, like let's say Hong Kong, they sometimes they do that just for the sake of doing it. That's the vibe it's I got. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like, hey, I've seen this in a movie one time. I'm going to do a movie, and I want to do that kind of shot. Yeah. It's not going to be justified in the being in this movie, but I saw it, and it was very artistic. It works here. you know. Yeah. There's no so, point in doing that, but I, I want to do that shot. But because th- Exactly. I mean, like, if you look at it this way, I think you can see the difference if I do this, and, uh, do this as, a, as a premise. You remember, everyone watched John Wick. Yes. Everyone watch this movie now because we both watched it all together. Yes. Um, in this film, the similarities are very close. What? In the sense, in the sense of what the purpose is behind it. Revenge. Revenge. Okay. That's it. That is it. Yeah, but the, but now why weave in all but, this other unnecessary crap then? Exactly. The, the way okay, all this, all this, all the shots, all the the purposeful uh, long shots, all the. Uh, uh, changes in the beginning of John Wick had purpose. Yes. In this one, there's so much going on that there is no purpose for these shots anymore because they're trying to show depth, but the depth is lost in all the other crazy that's going on as well. There's so much happening that if they try to slow it down, it gets confusing because it doesn't mean, doesn't make sense anymore because there's there's, a fast paced and close slow. You're comparing it to John Wick, but John Wick had all this craziness going on throughout but, the whole movie, yes. but it worked. Because the shots were meant for a reason. They're meant to create feeling. In this one, they were trying to create a feeling, but it was lost because it wasn't coherent. Right. The, the, the slow shots, the, 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 the beach shots, the, the fighting scenes that come in rampantly crazy quick, it doesn't match. It's so they just, put... They put the wrong emphasis on the wrong syllable. <laughs> Pretty much, at least in this case, yes. It may it may be my translation error to see why it's not making sense. But since you guys feel the same way, it justifies at least my train of thought isn't completely unsound. Okay. Uh, let's talk about the uh, the poor kid with the recording. They're so fucking mean to him. Oh my! And, yeah. and that—that's where I—I I started hating these these cop guys because they, they passed yeah. this kid on the way to somewhere. Yeah, and they're yeah. just kind of like shoving Push and him, nudging him and yeah. giving him a weird look. And he's obviously he's got some issue going on. Yeah. And then later he comes. Even when he comes to report a crime, they're like, "Hey, fuck you, man!" Like, what? You got evidence? All right, fuck you still, but give me that tape. And then they go to the poor kid's house and they destroy everything. They're taking a bunch of tapes, even VHS tapes, not the size that goes in the camcorder. They're just – he's just being a dick for no apparent reason. And he sits there and he says to him, he's like, what is this fucking hell? What do you think? You're some artist or something? Yeah. What the fuck, man? 
Yeah, that's another thing I wanted to show you. I don't know if you've ever seen anything like this. Um, this film shows how people are treated sometimes in different countries for this exact same way. They will, there, there is no, when they're, when they're in, in the way for something that's a, like, let's say a higher ranking officer that's trying to get something done. The people, the civilians, the everything, they aren't worth anything to them except for a, something to get out of the way. And I've seen that happen. Um, of course, uh, before, um, most most uh, digital media and internet, but they would do that. Well, it's p- partially because I'm from a country. My mom and my mom's from a country that is like that, where what you what you see does happen. I mean, everything that all the violence, the the lack of uh, humanity for the the your 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 fellow neighbor or whatever. So if that you're not – if, if in, that, in that kind of society and country, if you're not ranked or not in a uniform, you're nothing. Exactly. Wow. I don't know. Uh, that, that's, why, that's why these people who aren't ranked or in a uniform or in a, a political office or, or cop or something like that bind themselves to a gang for protection. Yes. This, this is, they got to belong somewhere. This is purely ignorance Although, yeah. on my part. But this kind of thing I, I knew or I, I know to be true in uh, South American countries where the, the cops are corrupt everywhere. I've, every time you go to Mexico, you're just like, all right, make sure you have some cash in case you got to pay off a cop or something. That's just my upbringing. I, I didn't think that it was that rampant in, in China. Uh, and I hope to God it's not as, <laughs> even in Japan because I, I have very high respect for, for the Asian culture. And their whole thing about respect. So, so to see it happening like this is it's against what I well, mm-hmm. know to be true. But you're, you're saying this is happening in China as well. This happens in China. This happens in every country where the law isn't as I wouldn't say bureaucratically red based. I don't know how you say it really. Um, the, the, this is the thing about it is this: when there isn't any um, people to watch the other people from doing bad things, you get this. Who watches the watchman? Yeah, when you, exactly. If you don't have anyone watching what's going on, you get this kind of crazy. And especially mm. if the countries uh, don't care. Interesting. So I see that you have these inspectors, cops, or whatever. Obviously, they have a hard on for Wong Po. Yeah. But I also see Wong Po's just trying to protect his area because these guys aren't doing anything to help out the area. So he's trying to protect these people. So he's doing what he thinks is right, even though it's wrong. But they're doing wrong because they think they're right. Exactly. Yeah. It, it was weird for me that uh, at some point in the movie, everybody got humanized a little bit. Where this guy, the the main detective that ends up being a dick, like, no, but he's still trying to care for his goddaughter. Uh, and then the long-haired guy who's uh, not as dicky as the rest of them, but he's trying to connect with his daughter. And then the other guy was a huge dick that messed up that, that artist guy's apartment. 
he's a huge dick, but then he kind of cares about his father in a weird way, even though he still hates him. And then even even the, even Wang Po, he's a huge dick. And then no, but I still care about my daughter. It's is this this should have been done on Father's Day. I think this should, we should have done this movie on Father's Day. <laughs> this, this, <laughs> this is a Father's Day movie to me now, above above anything else. It's like, aside from uh, <laughs> aside from uh, what's his name, Johnny Yen, Donnie Yen. That's the big takeaway. Was this is a Father's Day movie? And Donnie Donnie Yen was he the new coming inspector? Yes. Okay, but but he had a whole father story as well. His father was a cop, right? And his father told right. him not to become a cop. So it was a very deep seated emotional story he had about his father. Yeah. Now uh, I, w- I want to ask you guys what your opinion is, and maybe Mishra has the answer for this. But there, there was there's a, sh- a shot where Donnie Yen is playing arcade games with some guy who ah, also has that, some that sort was of one of my notes. That yeah. was one of my notes. It seemed like that scene should have been called back later on in the movie. Yes. And, because the, the kid was like, man, you come back every week and you say you're going to try harder and you lose. You say you're going to try harder and you lose. Every time you come back, you try harder, you try harder, and you always lose. You always lose. You know, you need to do something different, blah, blah, blah. You know, he's giving them all these words of slow wisdom. Um, you don't but, remember him? It, th- there was no callback. I don't remember there was. callback. He was the guy he knocked out. What? What? When? Where? The very beginning. The guy he knocked out and went over the car. Yeah. No, I understand that. That was okay. So that was the guy that he oh, knocked right, out. Right. So then, he, so then he goes and plays video games with them. Uh-huh. But Why? What's the connection? Because he feels bad that he put gave him brain damage. Well, I, I I get that. I get that, but. That scene where he's playing video games with them, Street Fighter type video games, and he keeps losing. Hey, is he losing to this guy on purpose? Yes, I, I took that as a, as a big yes. Okay, I, I was waiting. That's for- what I thought, but at the same time, I was like, maybe he just sucks at video games, or maybe this is going to be like some in the end where he beats up the guy, and it's going to be like some throwback yeah. to when he was playing video games with them, realizing I need to try harder and get better. You know, uh, <laughs> yeah. the I think I guess the problem behind that is there's like like you were saying earlier, there's so much going on in this film. Yes, that they're putting whatever they can to give a human uh, side to everybody within the amount of time allotted. So that's Donnie Yen's part right there. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, that, that's that's how we know he's a good person. Basically, that that's that's the only reason for that scene is so that we know. Oh, he's kind of cool. He's he's not just a kick-ass guy. He also has emotions. You know, the very first scene that I saw him in when he was uh, at, at one point, if you look at it, and you don't even have to, like, close your eyes that much. Oh, he almost has this Lou Diamond Phillips look to him. Oh, okay. And I was like, wait, is that Lou Diamond? No, that's not. He wouldn't be in this movie. Lou Diamond Phillips is uh, Native American, you know? Like, yeah. No, I, I can see that connection. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's a little bit of a stretch, but I'll, I'll follow you. At first, when I saw him, I was like, wait, wait, what? I had to do a double take, and then it was gone. He's a very attractive man. I, I, I do got to say that about Donnie Yen. He's, he's, got a, he's got a good look about him. I enjoy that. Uh, let's see what else we got. Oh, uh, my next note here is fat suit? Real, real body. No, I, I understand the 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 actor is is a, is a big guy, but there's certain uh, while they're fighting. I I swear to God, at the, at the first time I noticed it, I thought maybe I'm just seeing too much. But then during the final fight scene, 
I, I, I almost can guarantee there's a stunt double in a fat suit when his back is to the camera. As I, 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 and this is going to sound weird, but I noticed it mostly in the butt. The, it seemed padded, not like an actual butt. Like, the, like that was cushion in there. Like, uh, what is it, Martin Lawrence in Big Fat Mama's House or whatever. That was Tyler Perry. I'm just kidding. He oh. does all those movies. <laughs> I, I swear there was a, a, a guy that was more agile for the, 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 the shot from the back scenes yep. in a fat suit. Huh. I couldn't get past that. And every time I looked, yep, that's a fat suit right there. That's a fat suit right there. So just give you a heads up on that, buddy. Uh, that was a real fight. But the whole thing? The whole thing. I, I get when, when, you see him, when you're seeing his face, he has to actually do the things. And no, it seems that, like that, he's pretty agile even when you're seeing his face. Uh-huh. But when his uh-huh. back is to the camera, I, I, can, I, I feel like there was a, a stunt guy in there in a fat suit. So I'm not sure if uh, they did that. Because I know that one point towards the end, it was just throw after throw after throw, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I don't know if that if they cut that and put that in like you were saying, but uh, I did some research on it. And this that fight with Donnie Yen and Samuel, that was a real fight. They didn't choreograph anything. That was just them going at it. Oh, like real. Oh, wow. So I I, I know that I know Donnie Yen is is a badass, uh, uh-huh. but uh, uh, was it, uh, Samuel Hung is he's yeah. also known as a badass immense even at that size yes that's crazy he's been, he's been that size for a long time and if you see any other films he's in he's just as fast i i, I recognize him but i i don't recall him ever seeing him fight uh-huh, like uh-huh. this oh, anyway dude. oh yeah yeah dude he's he is fast i was very impressed and also very upset at myself for not being as <laughs> agile where I'm probably, I would hope, at least a quarter of his size. Hope, let's say half. Uh, but God damn, can he move? Yeah. That I was quite impressed by. Yeah. So, okay, like, let's say, um, in Samuel Samuel Hung's uh, character, right? You you look at him, he's wearing that vest, the white the white shirt underneath, right? Yeah, in a suit, but, even. In a yeah, suit, in, he's that agile. Yes. But you, you okay? Look, I, I I know that all that like padding and like the soot coming out of the bodies and stuff like that. That was just because they, they put that there. I know that for sure. Right. Yeah. But you see how fast he's going. Yeah. That that is his real speed. That's amazing. The only things that they don't, the only things that are faked on that thing, I guess, are those small shots where they see him get hit in the face and stuff like that. And even then, you you can see the body just like really just how do you say. Wrinkle, oh, you know, uh, yeah, you, you see the, 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 the shock waves of the hit kind of thing, yes, yeah. Also, also, Samuels had decades of training to do this kind of uh fighting. This is not just a one time thing, this is his, he's been doing this for years, okay. And I, he, he may have a little bit of padding maybe on certain parts, but that's all him. Well, I, I gotta say, uh the movies that you bring that are of this genre, the yes. best parts are always the fighting. Yeah, of course. The, the, the story, especially in this one, sucked. Uh, yes. And I, I, I don't know if this is another cultural thing, but the acting also I thought was horrible. Yeah. I, I, will, I, I will give him this, though. The story in this was better than Five Deadly Venoms. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
Yes. Well, so this the story in the room was better than uh, five, five Deadly Venoms. Yeah, but it's it's okay. So this is this is so the the, the basic overall story is they yeah. need to get uh, Wang Po put away, uh, Samuel Hung. They need to get him in jail. So they fake evidence that he killed somebody. Uh-huh. That evidence very quickly. They didn't fake. They didn't fake evidence. They altered. Altered. Yes. They altered the evidence to make it seem like Sam Wu, uh, uh, yes, uh, Samo, Samo Wangpo, whatever, uh, big fat man. Uh, he, they get him arrested, and then almost it, very quickly that evidence is refuted. While it, they're in the midst of trying to fabricate more evidence to put him away, and now that cat's out of the bag, and so now the task agency is now under attack for fabricating and then there's a showdown. That's, that's, that's basically the overarching, overarching story here. In between that, we have a lot of touchy feely father, daughter things, uh, father, son Mm -hmm. things, uh, and then fighting. It, It just Stick to the fighting. Make the whole movie fighting. Then it, it, that, that's the strongest point of this movie was the fighting. But even then, I don't think it came to a climax until the the last showdown, the last two showdowns. That's where yeah. the movie took off and was like, "I'm in now, finally." And also, I was very upset at the end of this movie because once they got to the restaurant, I thought this was going to be the scene where he goes through the entire like roundabout hotel and he fights a bunch of people going up the you showed me a clip of i think it was donnie yen fighting continuously for like mm-hmm. seven to ten minutes straight fighting yep. a bunch of people as he climbed a tower and I, I thought that's why i picked this movie for this one scene yes i'm gonna see this in the movie context no nope. nope. that was a different movie god damn it <laughs> <laughs> i swear I, uh, to god i saw when i saw the restaurant I'm like oh this is it not it the, yeah, you're right. The last two fight scenes were were phenomenal. Uh, I particularly liked the fight scene before he f- fought Wampo. Yes, yeah. with Jack, the knife versus the uh, nightstick. Yeah, that was I, real. I, I particularly liked that. Uh-huh. It, it it looked real. I mean, it, so when you say it was real, like awesome. I'm but, sure the knife uh, was fake, but other than that. I don't know. Those guys are pretty skilled. I, I would, you know, whatever. Anyway, um, what I didn't like is after he beat the shit out of Wong Po, he was pouring drinks, and then all of a sudden Wong Po gets up, mm-hmm. and yeah. that guy dies. I, uh, I kept waiting, and I was hoping. Yeah, me too. That they because they alluded to it earlier, where they showed the, uh, the the detective walk into a hotel and and kill Wong Po. And then he flashes back to, oh, that's was in my head. I kept waiting. All right. Whose head is this in? Because you can't kill Tony Yen. You can't. It's dead. No, he's not really dead. Can't be. It's, all right. Switch back. Who's, who's, whose vision is this? It's not switching back. Yeah. <laughs> it's not. This is, okay, this is taking way too long. When are they going to switch? Oh, no. It's not switching. What? Yeah. I was very disappointed. Oh. And was that so, a wall or was that a window? Because from the inside, it looked like a wall he went through. But then yeah, from the outside, right. it looked like a window he went through. 
Yeah, I know. I, I, I can't. <laughs> So it was a it was a Waldo. Found it. Uh-huh. <laughs> so for the just okay for cowboy, what you were saying with Jing Wu and the fight scene with the knife and the baton. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um the only things that were choreographed were those stationary parts where they uh showed the actual hits or the significant uh change of events where one would come over on top and stuff like that. But those clashes in between those were all real. Yeah, it, it looked real. They, they were making. Yeah. They were definitely making contact. Mm-hmm. And it's. And, and I think that's and what weapons, I, I, was that. The weapons were real too. What? They weren't sharpened, but they were real. Okay, that makes that makes more sense. But that's the thing. I think Donnie Yen is my maybe my favorite martial artist in film now. Uh, after seeing all the things. Uh, I mean, I've seen the Jackie Chan, I've seen the Jet Li, I've seen uh, Ip Man, uh, uh-huh. Bruce Leroy, uh, yeah, <laughs> show enough, <laughs> right? But he, I think he just he has a much better stage presence than any of the other martial artists that I've seen on screen. There's, there's an intensity about him. Uh, there's somehow a charisma there that that it. I don't. I can't explain it. I, I, I really enjoyed Donnie Yen. No. The the guy that played Jack, who's in the the whole white suit. Yes. The the whole time I saw him, I was thinking the uh, white was the white ninja from GI Joe. Um, <laughs> uh, I was also thinking about um, the guy that was in the full white suit in the uh, uh, Beat It movie for Michael Jackson. Yep. Okay. That's like what he was trying to portray. Like that's the kind of suit he was in. Mm-hmm. You know, like I was just waiting for MJ to come in. And- yeah. <laughs> so you, you did say this is a new up and coming guy, right? Yeah, Jing Wu was, uh, was at this time when the film was coming out was an upcoming martial artist. He came out and made several films after that, um, where he was just as badass as he was in this film. He he was pretty badass. I, I think every scene he was in, there was some pretty decent fight scenes. Uh, the the only one that I found troubling was the, the first time he kills one of the task force guys, where uh, this is where he gets set up in like that soccer area that they're playing. Yeah, yeah. and he he comes up and he's holding the it looks like a baton, uh, mm-hmm. and I thought I was going to turn into nunchucks, but then it turns out mm-hmm. it was just a knife in a sleeve. Yeah, he takes an unnecessarily long time to kill this guy. Yeah. Uh, slicing and slicing and stabbing and then re-stabbing. People take a, a lot of hits in this movie and survive a lot longer than they should. And he takes his time killing this guy, eventually slits his throat, and then he dies instantly. Yeah. And then the next guy he kills, he mm-hmm. stabs him, slices his throat, and that guy lives long enough to tell a full story while his throat has been slit to tell him, oh, there's money in the trunk. We're not all bad guys. Give the money to the kid. We want the goddaughter to to live. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> I hate and then his eyes, his, his eyes roll back in his head like he's dead. And then he comes back. It was like a Monty Python scene. I'm not quite dead. Um, <laughs> no, it was <laughs> things, right? It was like Deadpool. The, the second Deadpool yeah. cable yeah, yeah. where he keeps... Oh, it's just not dead. Yeah. 
yeah. So I'm not sure if you guys know about this, but the reason why this plate movie is is called Xiao Po Long. I was going to ask you is because it's basically the the def, the the meaning behind it is everyone dies. Oh, okay. So the whole point about it is that no one survives this film. No one. Except Wong Po. Yeah. Basically, the bad guy is the only one that lives at the end of this movie. Is he the bad guy? Mm, well, just because he's a bad guy. Doesn't mean he's a bad guy. <laughs> I know. But if you look, like, look at this, man. I mean, like, how many times have you turned on each character saying they were a bad guy, then they're a good guy in that film? It's, it's, everything's gray. Everything. I mean, yeah, people, you, you look at Wong Po and see how, like, brutal he is. When he's trying to get kill somebody, right? Mm-hmm. Now you look at all the detectives doing what they're doing to everyone else, and you're like, "Hmm, this doesn't seem much different." You yeah. Know? Okay. I, th- I think the maybe not the 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 more the more goodest of the of the guys <laughs> is is probably Donnie Yen. Out, out of all the guys, he's he's the not as bad. <laughs> whatever well because he was trying to be the upfront cop yeah everybody wants to get Wong Po but we need to do it right you know he wanted to do it, it, it right and then even when he was uh, killing all those other guys he, he was saying he was going to do it for to bring honor back to the cops right you that know, was another thing that bothered me to the force he, he, he did this whole speech with the old detective about how my dad was a cop and I wanted to be a cop and cops is the more important thing to me because only cops can do things that cops can do blah 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 blah. next scene he surrenders his badge and gun because the sergeant says you disgraced me how dare you I retired well, that's from being because a cop. no no this is the, the reason why he retired from being a cop is he knew he was doing something against code of being a cop and he couldn't do that while still being a cop, he couldn't go after Wong Po, grab the money out of the trunk, give it to the other inspector to take care of his granddaughter or to save his life or anything like that while being a cop because he had honor. And so in order for him to actually do that, he would have to resign of being a cop so he could do this honorably. But then he then later claims that he did all of this to bring honor back or to get the trust back of his cop brethren. So while doing non-cop things, he's hoping to get the trust back of the cops? No, he's just trying to bring uh, peace and honor back to police work. So basically um, that and they need to get it done quickly before um, the lead detective, not uh, not Donnie Yen, the other one. Spe- Inspector General, dude? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, before he dies. Uh, Chen Chung. Yeah, before he dies because he has a tumor in his head. Yes, it's what? not a tumor. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. I'm a tumor. I'm a tumor. Oh, oh. <laughs> Dome um, oregato. Wrong. Uh-huh. It's a different language. <laughs> um, Everybody was Kung Fu fighting? Um, getting closer, but still. I think, I, I, I think I'm turning Japanese. I think uh, I'm turning see, Japanese. Now you're, I, I really, you're yeah. back to oh, uh, Mr. Roboto. Uh, <laughs> uh, Whip it good. What, <laughs> what what was the okay so this is another thing to bother me because mm. we should have gotten answers maybe the whole scene with the the long-haired guy and his daughter they go meet here's a present 
just think about what my present would be. Uh, we never see the present. And he, he doesn't see the present. What was the point of that then? The whole point of the present and the connecting with the daughter, for what purpose? What, 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 what see, end does that serve? Thing. See, that's the thing. I, I feel like that's uh, based upon something that's lost in translation. Because that present, the whole thing right there is just to show that he's uh, trying to do something for the kid. But that's it. So there's another one. This guy's a good guy as well. It's uh-huh. just like everything else. Yeah, a little flash of character development for these guys. Fine. Exactly, because okay. everyone, because because you know everyone's not going to survive it. So they're like, here, here's a little bit of humanization. Okay, die. It it, it would have been nice to have that kind of character uh, building earlier on in the movie. See, but then my thing yeah. is, you are spending time building every character a little bit. How about? Cut out all of that and spend it on maybe the main guy and have him have more character development and more backstory. So we have or a connection to scenes. somebody. Yeah, or, yeah, there's more fight scenes. Fine. Yeah, fuck the character development. Just fight some more. <laughs> there is a movie like that, which I was, I was actually torn between showing you. Uh, have you guys heard of The Raid? Uh, no. no. Okay, good. Uh, no. Next list. year? God damn it. Yep. All right. My, my final complaint about the movie is is about the the final sequence, kind of. The the penultimate sequence. When uh the what's his name? Mm-mm-mm. Chan Chung goes in with a fake duffel bag full of money. They frisk him to make sure he has no weapons, but they don't check the bag. Which apparently had a gun in it. I feel like that's security guard one oh one. If you're going to let somebody in to see the big mob boss, you check everything, not just his person. How about the bag he brought in? It could be full of explosives. It could be uh, whatever. Anyway, he pulls out the gun and says, I'm, I'm going to get my uh, payment out of you guys. And he starts shooting henchmen. Instead of using the entire clip on big boss man. What? Because they, they, they killed his henchmen, so he's going to kill their henchmen. It's sort of like, you took my pawn, I'm going to take your pawn. But if you kill the king, game over. No, because his guy with the little baby sword is faster than a gun. <laughs> in many scenes in this movie, they have the gun pointed at him, and he's like, blah, blah, and knocks it out of their hand, and he's like 15, 20 feet away from him. Okay. And speaking of that same knife, uh, that guy, where when he's going to reach for the gun, he throws a knife and it goes through his hand, but his hand's on the floor and it just kind of stabs him. The very next it scene, it is all the way it. through. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's still trying to go and stab him with his hand's knife now. That, was that his plan? <laughs> Well, and, and how much pain can this dot guy endure? He just got the shit kicked out of him. He's got a knife sticking yep. out of his hand, through, through his hand, and then Wong Po grabs it and starts twisting it. And yep. this guy, all he can go is, ah, 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 ah. That's it? Yep. Like, At what no, point do you no pass out? Much. Yeah, right? <laughs> I want to pass that as soon as the, the tip of the blade pierced the top of my hand. I wouldn't have been 
conscious for it going through my hand. It would, uh. I, I think oh. you would have been passed out way before that. You would you wouldn't even have been able to reach for the gun. That's true. I would have dropped the bag. <laughs> oh no, my gun's in there. I mean, bang, bang, bang. <laughs> 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 they would have asked to frisk you. You would have been like, oh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <pass. laughs> yeah. You would have hit the floor before the bag did. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I mean, no, I'm manly. <laughs> That's basically all I have for the movie as far as uh, talking points. Uh, anything, anything else you guys want to talk about? Well, the, 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 the beach scene where the, <sighs> the, the cop henchmen are sitting there and the goddaughter's down there and the, the, the old inspector or the inspector general that's inspector that's retiring and the new inspector standing there talking. And then the kid turns around and goes, so something like that, ah, so-and-so threw my ball in the water. What a dick throwing a kid's ball in the water. I know. Like, These guys are assholes, all of them. Oh, and, and the inspectors is like, oh, it's okay, Hardy. Like, no, I would have been like, you fucking asshole. You know, that'd be like, you know, I don't know, Adam, your daughter's, I don't know, five, six years old, and we're at the beach, and I take her ball from her, and I go, bam, and I hit it out in the middle of the ocean. Yeah, no, you're what going you in say? after it. You're going yeah, in right? after it. <laughs> yeah. Go get his ball, fucker. Roll up your <laughs> pants even higher and get in that water. <laughs> Get that ball. <laughs> yeah, uh, that that was a total dick move. Just shows how manly these guys are. They pick on kids. Yeah, and yeah. also just to put a finer point on the whole fact of they were doing, uh, they were shooting scenes in a way to make it look artistic. At the very end, you see the wave come up and wash the shoes away. Oh, that, <laughs> dude, that was so gay. That was sorry. That was from early in the movie. Those shoes aren't still on that beach unless they left the beach barefoot and left their shoes there, and then just poetically the waves wash them away after they're all dead. I, I was I was thinking like, <laughs> what did he take their shoes to the beach to like symbolically right. say that they were there with him and he set the shoes down and that yeah, was no. it. That, that was Wong Po doing his final dick move as as the uh, the big fat guy. I killed your guys. <laughs> now I drop your shoes at the beach and watch them wash away. <laughs> So did did the inspector with the tumor did he die on the beach cuz he kind of like hunched over Yeah that's when the that's when the the tumor finally took him yeah Okay Tuma. the daughter didn't notice that apparently Nope, nope. No, she was trying to find her ball still Yep Yeah <laughs> <laughs> Tsunami so, took it I think the reason why uh Paul didn't die in this film is because he emotionally or figuratively died because everything he lived for was for his baby and his wife. Yeah. And and when, when uh Donnie Yen's character landed on them and killed them both, um, I think that's where he sh- pretty much figuratively just gave up and left and he's probably dead somewhere too. Speaking of which, uh his wife. His wife. Uh that is it possible, is there any form of reality, movie or otherwise, that she does not know he is this kingpin of a mass organization. Are she coming downstairs? No, I'm still at work. <laughs> mm. How how can you hide that? Is she is she maybe crazy? Maybe. She's stupid. 
What's happening? I don't know, man. I mean, honestly, tell you the truth, it's not explained for a specific reason. Well, may- maybe I'm thinking maybe Wong Po is like an alias. Like that's his boss name. Oh, and his real name is something totally different. But the picture's got to like be up Kyle. on the internet or, or over the, the the news wires. Hey, this guy did some other crazy things. Unless- well, I mean, he was he was arrested before, and they tried to pin him for that other thing where they at the beginning of the movie they had the the witnesses and stuff. So. Right. You know, I'm I'm sorry if if you're constantly getting arrested for being a part of something or being involved in something, but they can't get you. You're probably not the type of person I want to be hanging out with if you're constantly in this type of trouble. Right, and that's what I'm saying. But it seemed like she was oblivious to all of it. Like she had no idea that he was even in jail. I have to work late. I'll be there later. I know it's Father's Day. I'm sorry. Uh, wait downstairs in the car while I'm up here in the penthouse still working things out. I did like that when he was uh, being choked out, Wong Po was being choked out and oh, the phone yes. was still going off. He kind of loosened it enough for him to talk to her and blah, right. blah, blah. And then as soon as it was over, it was like, what? Right back at it. You know? Yeah. That, that, there was a human element there. That was that nice. I liked. Yeah. All right. Any, uh, anything you want to say, Misho, to defend all the <laughs> shit we threw at your movie? <laughs> uh, no, honestly, to tell you the truth, um, the film itself was everything I was hope- expecting it to be. Um, the, of course, the acting was at parts abysmal. The cor- the cor- the choreography was amazing, and the the overall storyline and plot was lacking with all the shots and stuff like that. But this film is a traditional type of detective martial arts kind of thing that shows the nitty gritty of how people perceive the, the, their, their culture and to show that it's not all pretty flowers and shit. It's dark. It's gritty. It's dirty. It's maiming. I have a question. Yes. Okay. So in this culture, do does a lot of the law enforcement police officers inspectors and stuff like that do they know martial arts i believe that every martial every uh inspector takes a form of martial arts that is is uh mandated by by uh learning because almost every culture has their police officers take a self-defense a form of uh training and i believe that this is no different I would assume so as well, because especially if the the general populace is not allowed to carry firearms, that they would be versed in fighting. So you would have to be able to combat that in some way, shape, or form. Unless you're just going to shoot everybody that comes near you, then that's a whole different bag of worms. Or can of worms? Bag of snakes. Who cares? And um, the thing about also is I also looked up online some footage of some found found footage where you see – um, some police officers, some beat cops, basically, in uh, in an Asian country, and they literally manhandle uh, a, a version of a terrorist in the same way that Donnie Yen does. Hmm. Just letting you know. All right. Very good. So, uh, final thoughts on the movie, Cowboy. Um, I enjoyed the fight scenes. <laughs> No, I I, I I immensely enjoy, enjoyed the fight scenes. Um, 
I watched every minute of the movie mainly because I was reading, trying to understand what was going on. And to be quite honest with you, um, even though the acting was bad, uh, I still got the gist of it. Yes. I did want to give credit to this movie. Uh, This is something that Hollywood always says that the mark of a good movie is if you can watch this movie on mute and still understand what's happening. And I feel like if I was not reading this movie and just watching it, if I didn't have subtitles on, I would have gotten what they were trying to get across. I, I think they did very well as far as portraying just visually the emotions and the plot line throughout the entire thing that even if I didn't understand the movie, I think I would have at the end of it been gotten close to what was happening in the movie, which I think apparently is a good sign of a movie, a sign of a good movie, but because I was reading and <laughs> paying attention the story sucked. I, th- I think the story that I would have made up in my head from just seeing it would have been better than <laughs> what was presented to me. I, I, I kind of want uh, – I'm not going to, but I, <laughs> after, I was, after I was done watching it, I kind of wanted to watch it again uh, because I think there's parts of the movie I missed because I was reading. Yes. And that was – that was that was tough. That was distracting because yeah. I wanted to see things that I think I missed. Because yeah. sometimes sometimes in a movie you watch facial expressions and things going on in the background yep. to get what's happening. And I think I missed a lot of that because I was too busy trying to read. Yep. I have to say that's why I hate subtitles. Even if even if I don't need to read them. Because like I said, Annie loves subtitles. She puts them on everything if she can. Unless I beg her to take them off so I can appreciate what I'm watching, I will read it, even if it's in English, just because it's there. And I'm missing whatever's happening above the subtitles. And that is very upsetting to me. Sounds like something you need to work on, my friend. Yeah. Well, what I've been doing is I'll have my computer in front of the TV screen and I'll lean up the monitor in just a way that it blocks out the bottom eighth of the screen. So I don't see the subtitles when they're on. So I can actually watch. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to the Rotten Tomatoes portion of the show. Like I said, top show, we have lots of opinions with zero credentials. We're going to hear from people who actually have credentials, the critics and the audience, to help us, or to help you guys, guess the Rotten Tomatoes scores. If you're not familiar with the scoring system of Rotten Tomatoes, it's an average score from zero to 100 amongst critics and the audience. Zero to 59 is considered rotten. 60 to 84 is fresh. 85 and up is certified fresh. I'm going to give you reviews from the top critics first so you can guess the top critics' reviews. Uh, the score. Here's good reviews. Oh, no. I'm not going to read this name correctly. Uh, Panos Kothzathanesis from the Asian Movie Pulse. So... Po Lang is an outstanding film as Wilson Yip manages to present a great combination of crime thriller and martial arts film through a unique view that differs much from the plethora of HK action films, Hong Kong. This is from David Cornelius from Hollywood Bitch Slap. That's an interesting name for a... Okay. The film's signature pieces are its fight scenes, but Yip works best in, a qu- in the quieter moments. 
I don't think I agree with that one. Bad reviews. Jason Gorber from Film Scouts. There's about 10 minutes of goodness here and worth seeing if only for those moments. And that's it. Only one bad review from the top critics. <laughs> All right. So based on those reviews, what do you think the top critics rated this movie on Rotten Tomatoes? Only one bad review, huh? Okay. One bad review. That's true. Uh, so am I going first? Is that what's happening? Hey, it's your birthday. Yeah, man. Oh, dude, I'm going high on this one. Uh <laughs> Uh, seventy-five. All right, cowboy. I thought I thought you said you were going high. <laughs> that's still fresh. Okay, fine, 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 fine. That's the, eighty. That's eighty. All right, still fresh. Should have kept my mouth shut because I was going to go eighty. So I'll go eighty-one. Ooh, you should have kept your mouth shut for sure. The tomato meter is. 80%. Make sure. I was going to say 80. <laughs> I was going to say 80. I was like, that's high, 75. Oh, whatever. All right. Well, Excuse yourself, man. <laughs> Happy birthday, Mason. <laughs> All right. Let's go to the audience now. Let's start with the bad reviews. This is from Vishal K from 2007. Not as good as people say, but some okay fights. Samuel makes a good villain, though. This is from Edward C., also 2007. Seriously, are you kidding me? Four stars? Sweet knife fight scene and good fatality ending. Hour and 15 minutes of BS until the end, which isn't even worth it by the time you get there. All right, here's some good reviews from the audience. Uh, I'm going to say Zhang C., 2006 the best fight scenes i have ever seen ever the ending is almost as good as the alley cats the alley cat scene too oh with the jack uh but you really need to see this movie to bask in its glory of asian expertise aka in america kill zone so from private you 2007 one of the best donnie yen performances i have ever seen also amazing to see Sammo Hung back in action, too. Wu Jing's first appearance as a bad guy. And let me tell you, he's incredibly awesome. Overall, this is a must-see kung fu movie. Is that fair to call this a kung fu movie? I feel like there's a lot of different... Like Misha was saying at the beginning, there's a lot of different fighting styles here. Well, kung fu is a blanket term. Okay. Um, you say Kung Fu, it's just basically a form of training. It's not exactly a style. So, it, so would it be the same as saying like a Western? It's a Kung Fu? Uh, well, okay. Let's just say it this way. Um, you could be to being striving to be the best in your field means you have good Kung Fu. So that includes, like, let's say if you want to be a chef and you're really good at what you do, they would say the same thing. Okay. It's literally a blanket term. All right, so those are good reviews and bad reviews from the audience. What do you think the audience rated this movie? Start with Cowboy this time. No, 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 no. It's Mesa's birthday. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, so I know um, there are more uh, negative now for the audience, and I feel like 
the the people the the critics gave it a high high praise. So I'm actually thinking that it's going to be lower than eighty percent. I'm going for seventy. All right, cowboy. Uh, you want to talk about that so you can guess right on the nose again? <laughs> I don't know. I did pretty good last time giving a birthday present, right? Oh, yeah. you, is, that, is that your final answer, Maestro? Is that, is that, are you sure? Oh. You sure you want to stick at seventy? Because you know like, what, I, I'll, I'll go. I'll, I think I'll stick with seventy. I don't want to change it because I feel like the fates have decided it for me. And when you said to, that it's kind of low, that was the fates nudging me to go higher. So since you're not doing that, I'm going to stick with my seventy. I'm, I'm going to go with your original seventy-five for the critics. The audience has this at seventy-nine. All right, Cowboy gets oh. it. By the way, when I was looking for the bad reviews in the audience, I had to go through several pages. They were all basically good reviews. On the- oh, you should have said that. Oh. I didn't want to tip my hand. This is part of the game. All right, let's do trivia. Wait, first, I don't know if this is going to work for this movie. Yes, it will. Paul Giamatti and Gary Oldman were not in this film. We like to play a game where we replace characters with Paul Giamatti and Gary Oldman to make it better because generally they make films better just by being there. So if you had to take somebody out of this film and replace them with Paul Giamatti or Gary Oldman, who would it be? I think just because of stature and everything, I think Paul Giamatti needs to be Wong Po. <laughs> the big guy. You know, to see Paul Giamatti move that quick would be awesome. That would be amazing. <laughs> amazing. <laughs> Yes. All right. What about Gary Oldman? Uh, Gary Oldman. Um, probably Gary Oldman would be the inspector that has the tumor. Okay. Ah, uh, good call. Good call. I, I agree with you. Those 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 are my choices as well. Um. Let's see. I would like to see Giovanni be. The guy that got hit in the face at the very beginning. Okay. And then, and then, and then him play the, the arcades. Yes. Okay. I want to see. I want to do that. That that could. That's also strong. I like that. <laughs> and then uh, for Oldman, uh, ooh, let's pull him as the guy with the long hair. See if he can do better. Okay. He he did. I guess have the largest range of emotions. I think. Yeah. Which Oldman would I think do pretty well at as well. All right, now let's do trivia. This is part of the show where I give you guys little bits of facts or information you may not know about the movie. The film wasn't going to be an action film, but once Donnie Yang joined on, they changed that. As the film's action director, Donnie Yen requested additional funds in order to shoot action scenes according to the story. Uh, The rest became the now famous alley. Oh, Oh, the alley fight. Yeah, and the last. So basically, he came in and he changed the end of the movie where it was giant fight sequences, which were the best parts of the movie. So, well done. This film marked the first collaboration between Donnie Yen and Sammo Hung. In actuality, the two had planned to make their first collaboration in the late 80s, which never came through due to scheduling conflicts. Sammo was producing the action film Into the Fire. And Donnie Yen was supposed to play one of the lead roles that was eventually played by Donnie's future co-star, Colin Thu. 
Do you recognize that name, Maestro? Calling through? No? Okay. Uh, he shakes his head, uh, which is not good for audio podcast, but I, Sorry. I, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> Wilson Yip originally planned to shoot a lengthy intro sequence showing a close relationship between Wong Po and Jack, but the budget was limited, so the idea was scrapped. By the way, in deleted scenes, Jack is the adopted son of Kung Po. That's Wong Po. Yeah, Jack, uh, the guy with the knife, is the. Uh, yeah, I know. No, you said Kung Po. Son of, oh, ah, typo on IMDb. It says Kung Po. Oh yes, I'm going to submit that. No, I'm not. Uh, Money makes the world go round. <laughs> Let's put this film in perspective with other films that release this year, so we get a feel financially held up to its peers. The budget for this film, unknown. <laughs> in the U.S., there was no release theatrically, so no money there. So you're going based on foreign box office alone. This was released in Hong Kong and I think Taiwan, if I recall correctly, only. Mm-hmm. So how much did it make in the box office? In those 600,000 yen. I, I'm That's not, yuan, I'm, not yen. Yen is Japanese only. Okay. Yeah. Or BK if you're in Hong Kong. Yeah. Burger King? I'm not sure what it actually stands for. I, I didn't know it at one point and I forgot. Bitcoin. Bitcoin. Wow. I think it's, it's British a, something. Yeah, well, let's, let's yeah. British Knights shoes. They do in shoes. Okay. What do you think? What do you think are, the box we, office was? Are, are we talking dollars? Like US Yes, currency? dollars. US dollars, please. Okay. I mean, you're saying there's no domestic box office. It wasn't released here. Right. It was only released in two Asian countries. <laughs> supposed to be guessing here well we're in america here so let's go with the u.s dollars and i'm not i don't have the conversion chart in front of me again so there is sequels by the way there are yep i'm waiting for the birthday guy but i'm gonna say 24 million oh that's a pretty good price uh given what's being seen in the film uh, and the fact that they made sequels, I have to say it didn't better. I, I'm going for $50 million. In the foreign box office, this grossed $954,000. So Cowboy gets it with $24 million. I should have said 600000 yen. I know. You were so close at the beginning. <laughs> All right, this film debuted on November 17th in 2005 with $28,000. Because it was not released here, I don't have any rankings as far as anything else. So that was 2005's Kill Zone, directed by Wilson Yip. Check out our website, ratpackpodcast.com slash spoilers. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, at Spoilers Show. Check out and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Rat Pack Productions. Write to us via email, spoilers at ratpack.productions for any questions, opinions, or movie requests. Please also rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. If you leave us a review and a recommendation, that will go to the top of our list and we'll watch it for any other movie. Next week, films are being released again in a limited capacity because of all the quarantine stuff. So I'm going back to my original way of picking movies. Yeah, yeah. There is a movie coming out. We'll see, I guess. Maybe it won't come out. It's called Wild Mountain Time. 
and one of the lead actresses is Emily Blunt. Oh, so Emily Blunt. An Emily Blunt movie. Okay. Which coincidentally it it ties into something I watched this week. It is from 2010. It stars one of my favorite actors of all time, Jack Black. (laughs) Oh, yes. And the movie is called Gulliver's Travels. I have not seen this movie. I have. Coincidentally. I have not. In in fact, last night, I watched Gulliver's Travels, the cartoon from, I think it was the 50s or something, or 30s even, just on a whim. And then I looked it up today. This is what we're doing now. Now that I've seen the cartoon, I need to see this Jack Black horror fest, whatever it's going to be. It's going to suck. I guarantee it because Jack Black is the worst. (laughs) But that's what we're doing next week. Gulliver's Travels from 2010. Looking forward to that kind of. <laughs> I want to fuck you gently. <laughs> oh my God. All right. So thanks for hanging out, guys. And next time, I'm Adam. We got Maestro and Cowboy there. We'll see you next time. I'm Cowboy, and there's Adam and Maestro there. And I'm Maestro, and that's Adam and Cowboy there. Oh, all right. Bye. Yay. Yay. What? All right.